Good morning. And we are going to go ahead and get started. I want to welcome everyone for coming out today. We are going to continue. If you were with us last week, you know that we started our look at being overcomers of fear through our faith. Earlier during our time of testimony, Captain Jana mentioned about the speakers that we had this week, this past week that we had the opportunity to listen to. And one of the speakers was stressing the importance of knowing the whole story of the Bible, the whole narrative, the big picture, if you will. And it's important for us to see faith as a big picture. And we've been going along a theme. We started with knowledge in August and how that knowledge of God could help strengthen and increase our faith, which is what we talked about in September. And then finally in October, we're looking at when we have knowledge of God that increases our faith, when increased faith, we are overcomers of fear and doubt and worry. Now, we're looking at Matthew. Chapter 8. Now, we are going to be concentrating on verses 23 through 27. Matthew chapter 8, 23 through 27. Now. It says, as he got to the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the, wide, by the waves. But he was sleeping. Who do you guys think was sleeping? Jesus, he was sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up saying, Lord, save us, we're going to die. But he said to them, why are you fearful, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. And then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, There's a couple of things for us to learn from that. A couple of things that are going to help us be able to overcome fear by knowing that our faith will see us through. First of all, how did that start off? What happened? The disciples got on a what? A boat, right? They got on a boat. That was one of the main ways to travel back then. So you either were walking or you had a boat. And the disciples used to be, a majority of them were what? Fishermen. Fishermen have what? Boats. So they had boats. They liked to travel by boat. So they got onto the boat, and they got out to the sea. When something happened, what happened? A storm. How many of you guys, now, we may not have all had the opportunity to be on a boat in a storm, and we probably don't want that opportunity to be on a boat in a storm. But for those of you who drive, how many of you 
have ever had to drive in a storm. Let me tell you a couple of weeks ago what happened. It started raining real bad as I was on my way home to the point where my windows fogged up and I was fiddling with the froster and it, it would work and then it wouldn't work. Then it worked and it wouldn't work. So I rolled my windows down. It's pouring down rain. So what happens when you put your windows down? The water comes in. You get sopping wet. It was working. I was, could see. It helped the car. And then in front of me, something happened. The car in front of me, beautiful Ford Mustang, literally is driving through a puddle where the water is actually up over his bumper. The water had gotten that deep that fast. It was a crazy storm. We've ever drove in stuff like that, right? Craziness, where we're going, what in the world is happening, right? Disciples are in a boat. This is not the first time, nor would it be the last time. They had traveled somewhere in a what? A boat. Majority of them were fishermen. They grew up on boats. So they knew about storms. So I'm kind of wondering, how bad just was the storm that even the fishermen were freaking out? You know what I'm saying? Because this was probably not their first rodeo. This is not the first storm that they had seen. But they panicked, right? We panic when storms come our way, don't we? But it's because of this, the first thing that we often lose sight of. When we follow the Lord, it doesn't mean there aren't going to be storms in our lives. The Bible constantly tells us, do not have fear. Do not fear. Right? It tells us to do not fear. But it doesn't say you will not have fear. Those are kind of different when you think about it, aren't they? The Bible's telling us not to fear, which kind of is almost a given that, you know what, there are going to be moments when we're afraid. And the moments that we get afraid, something else happens. We begin to doubt. And who do we doubt? God. Why did this happen? Why did you let this happen, right? You guys ever heard someone say that after they've gone through a storm in their life? Why did God let this happen? And the third thing that happens when we're afraid is we forget faith. We forget what the Lord has already done. That's why when we do our time of prayer, we start off with the praise reports to remember what God has already done for us before we think about what he still has to do, what we still want him to do. And that in this is the essence of fear. Fear is the absence of faith and believing that God can handle whatever comes your way. And so, 
the first thing when storms come our way is to realize that, you know what? They're going to happen. That's life. We make bad choices. People around us make bad choices. And because of that, bad things happen. The Lord doesn't ever tell us that they won't. What he tells us is that he will get us through. People have a favorite scripture verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Who knows it? For I know the plans I have for you. If you know it, say it with me. Declares the Lord plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And like we touched on earlier, Captain Jana mentioned, the speaker was talking about knowing the big picture, the narrative. People take that one verse and they think that means that God has a plan that is so beautiful and hunky-dory. Nothing's ever going to go wrong. Life is going to be perfect like a fairy tale. But if you read the story of that verse, you'll know that what God is telling them is, is you guys better get ready because things are going to get rough. Telling the Israelites, you guys are about to go through a huge change. You're going to go through some slavery. You're going to be sent into captivity. You're going to become bond servants. It is going to get bad. But don't worry. Because it won't always be bad. You get through this, and I've got something good in store for you. But you've got to be faithful. And that's what Jeremiah 29, is talking about. You read that big story, the big picture, and it's not rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. It's going, <laughs> there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. But there's a long, dark tunnel to go through. But that's what happens when fear speaks into our lives. We lose sight of the light. And because of the tunnel, because of the darkness that we go through in our lives, doubt seeps in. And when doubt seeps in, that leads us to our second point. We begin to question God. What are some things we know about God? God is what? Love, right? God loves us. We are his children. He has plans for us, as Jeremiah tells us, right? Good things are in store for us, right? But if God has good things in store for us, why do bad things happen? Why do children get sick and die? Why do family members leave? Why do bad things happen? Things that we can't even almost control. It's natural disasters, right? Why do they happen? Well, you want to get all environmental on it. Pretty sure there's a scientist out there that would tell you that they happen because of how we have treated the earth. 
And because of the pollution and everything that we have thrown in the air, we have changed God's creation into something that strikes out against us sometimes. But that's something we've done, not God. But God is the one who sees us through. God is the one who delivers us. I remember when 9-11 happened. And people wanted to know, where was God? And someone wrote this beautiful poem about where he was. And some of the places in this poem, well, well, I was on the plane as it crashed into the Trade Center. I was on the plane as it crashed in Pennsylvania. I was in the Trade Center with those running down the stairs trying to escape. I was with the firefighters working in response. Wherever he was needed, he was there, because he's always there. To see us through, to get us beyond the point of crisis. But when we have doubt seek into our hearts, fear becomes a living, breathing thing in us. And fear will tell us that we're not good enough and that God's not strong enough. But those are lies. When those voices start speaking to us, we need to denounce them the devil is a liar. We need to know that God is in control. And Matthew 8, 24, the disciples are like, Lord, save us! We are going to drown. Now, keep in mind, they knew who Jesus was, they knew what he was there to do, and they know that he had not accomplished it. They were Jews. They knew what the Messiah had come to do. They knew that the Messiah had a purpose. That purpose was not to drown in a boat. But their fear overrode their knowledge. And because of that, they doubted. And they doubted to the point where they forgot what the Lord has already done. He had just come. If you read further up, in chapter 8, he had just come from healing someone who had been sick. They had just physically, with their own eyes, seen him work a miracle before they got on the boat. They knew that he was able to do impossible things. And then they got on the boat, and they forgot. Storms in our lives can give us, and this calls it spiritual amnesia. We forget what the Lord has already done for us. By Jesus in verse 26, and sadly enough, this is not the first time that you will find him saying this to the disciples. You of little faith. He says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? In spite of everything that they've already seen Jesus do, the healings, the casting out of demons, 
feeding the multitudes, they thought that Jesus was going to let them drown on a boat. Drown in the storms that they were facing in their lives. And though they were facing a physical storm, we have all kinds of storms in our lives, right? We may be going through a storm right now. One of my favorite movies is Twister. It's about tornadoes. And there's this, towards the end, there's this scene where they run into this well house. And they're trying to figure out how to survive the twister. And so at one point in time, they take the belt off, they wrap it around their hands, they loop it over this pipe that's sunk down into the ground that's rooted deep. And the twister comes and tears the whole well house apart. To the point where, great cinematic, they are literally being lifted up off the ground. But the belt is holding, and the pipes that are rooted deep, sunk deep, they're holding. So even though that storm literally comes and shakes and destroys everything around them, they what? They get through it, don't they? why our faith needs to be rooted deep, sunk down deep. Because when the storms come and our faith is rooted deeply, then we, even though the world around us may fall, will be okay. Not forget the things that the Lord has done for us. We already had our time of testimony, didn't we? I want you to stop for a minute. I'm going to do a little exercise. Not physical exercise. Mental exercise. Show of hands. And this better be everyone's hand. These are... How many of you are awake and breathing right now? Look around the room. If you don't see someone with a hand up, please go check them. Now, how many of you guys, thankfully I can answer this for you, how many of you guys have something to wear? Everyone raise your hands because none of you, everyone's wearing clothes. <laughs> now, those are small things, they happen every morning, don't they, right? We get up, do you have to tell yourself to breathe? It just happens, right? Breathing happens so naturally that we don't even tell it. Now, this is another exercise. If you have any kind of heart condition or whatever, please don't do this because we don't want to have to figure out something else out and have a special moment of prayer for healing. But I want you to actually consciously tell yourself not to breathe, right? It's not a contest. Don't see how long you can go. The moment that you start to feel some pain and tightness in your chest, go ahead and breathe. Now, for those of you who felt that tightness, the moment you breathed in, it was a relief, wasn't it? You're like, <sighs> right? We take breathing for advantage right? But it's something that's essential to us. Faith 
is essential. Being beyond fear is essential to us. Because it's the fear that prevents us from recognizing that we are in the presence of the Lord. Breathing comes naturally, doesn't it? And having faith in God should become so natural to us that it's like breathing. It's always going to be there. And without it, we're not alive. If we don't breathe, right, we're not living, breathing beings. If we don't have faith, we're not living Christians. Because without faith, we're like dry bones. Going through the motions. But nothing really matters. Don't let fear let you forget what the Lord has done for you. Even the small things. Like the very breath we breathe. Because fear is in truth the absence of faith. One of my other favorite movies is The Princess Diaries, right? Got that. Yep. So you probably know the quote and where it's coming from. Mia is making a very big decision. The voices in her head are telling her she is not good enough to be queen that she will never be good enough, that she's not worthy of that responsibility. And so she is going to make a run for it. She's going to turn it down until she finds a letter from her father who is passed on but had still had this letter as her gift. And in it was the same. Courage is not the absence of fear, but instead it is the belief that something else is more important. The Bible tells us do not have fear, but it also tells us to what? To have courage, to take courage. God tells them in be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and brave. Faith and courage go hand in hand. And faith and courage are the enemies of fear. With fear, you cannot have faith or courage. If you are truly going to have faith, believe. The last part of verse 26 in Matthew 8 said, Then Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was what? Completely 
calm. Mark says, he says, peace be still. Is he speaking that in your lives today? Peace be still. We all face storms in our lives, Christians and non-Christians alike. The difference is that sadly those who don't have faith in God are alone in their storm. Those who don't know God are susceptible to being tossed about and lost. But those of us with faith in God are able to survive, to thrive, Because God is on our side and he will see us through. No matter how intense the storm may get, he is able, more than able, to keep which we entrust to him each day. We're going to have our time of prayer. And as we do, I'm going to ask if Andy will come forth again and play that song, the first one that we sang, Bones. One of the lines in it said what? You calm the storm. So as it plays, I'm going to invite you to come. The altar's available. If you are facing a storm in your life that you want him to speak peace into, we invite you to come, to claim his peace, the peace that passes all understanding. We can do all things, but it's through his strength. And so if fear is a crouching in on our lives, his strength can increase our faith. So as she plays, we invite you to come. Take my dry bones, breathe life into this skin. You call me by name, raise me to life again. You can calm the ocean. Speak peace into my soul Take me as I am Awaken my heart to be again Oh 
captives free as I stand and sing you're breaking the chains of me of me oh oh Jesus oh oh Jesus Oh, oh, Jesus, alive in me. Breathe in me alive, I can feel you are close now. I can never hide, you are here and you know me. All I need is you and I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Breathe in me alive till your love overtakes me. Open up my eyes, I can see you more clearly. Falling on my knees till I love like you love, like you love me, I love you. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, Jesus, alive in me. You can calm your shins. Speak peace into my soul. Take me as I am. Waking my heart to be. Again, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, oh, Jesus, alive in me. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord. We ask that that be, be our prayer, be our song, that you be alive in us, Lord, that you be with us, watching over us, Lord, breathing into our dry bones, calming the storms in our lives, Lord, that we may be able to overcome fear and doubt with faith, Lord, that we never suffer from spiritual amnesia, that we never forget the blessings that you've already done in our lives, Lord. And Heavenly Father, that we may remember everything that you do for us, even as simple as being able to breathe. 
Lord, increase our faith. Help us to overcome our disbelief. We make this our prayer. It's in his name we pray. Amen.